Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth More podcast. I'm your host, Cami Bleese, and so excited for today's episode, y'all. I interviewed a dear friend of mine, Paige Martindale, and she is an incredible creative co-studio owner and fitness instructor in Dallas. She shares so many vulnerable and real insights into her experience as a business owner, as someone who transitioned careers and really followed kind of the path that she felt called to and what that's truly looked like for her. It was such a great and fun conversation. I feel like you will learn so much, be so inspired, and I cannot wait to hear what you think. So let's go ahead and jump right on in. Hello, Paige. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Cami. It is so, honestly, so good to see you. I've missed you so much. I know. I know. It's like, it's one of those things where we get to now have these like conversations over a podcast for everyone to listen to, but it's you and I also getting to like catch up yeah. and like, get to know each other. And like, I love it. I'm so thankful for you taking the time. I know you are a busy lady. Um, Thank you for allowing me to reschedule this three times. It was one of those things where like this season is just getting back to like what quote unquote normalcy looks like. So thank you. And I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I know obviously lots about you, but maybe a lot of people don't. So I would love if we could just start off by you kind of introducing yourself a little bit and how you got into the fitness industry. You're a studio owner in Dallas and an instructor. And I would just love if you could kind of give people like maybe a little peek into what that journey looked like. Cause when you and I worked together way back when, like you helped mm-hmm. me with a lot of branding, you were in photography, like creative stuff, which I know you still do a lot with your studio, but I left Dallas right when all of your like fitness stuff was really shifting. So I have gotten to see it from afar, but yep. I would love if you could give people a little insight. Yes, of course. So my name is Paige Martindale. Um, exactly like Cami said, I am a studio co-owner here in Dallas, Texas, and I have been a studio co-owner and instructor and creative director. I'm kind of like like all those things when it's a um, when it's a small studio, you get to wear a lot of hats um, of class studios. I've been that for the past three and a half years, um, but I turn 28 next weekend and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just been like the 20s have been the sweetest ride of my life because I originally moved to Dallas six years ago to be a graphic designer at Fossil headquarters. So kind of tying in when Cami and I used to get to work together all the time with creative and branding and photography, I am so... Like I was raised in a creative way. I went to school for creative. I have a BFA in graphic design and marketing, but like I just always felt like there was something else for me. Like I knew I was supposed to design and I loved being at Fossil for the time that I was there, but my body was like itching to be moving again. I've always been an athlete my whole life. Um, So I started teaching cycle at the Ride House, just a small studio in Dallas in addition to Fossil. So I'd wake up at five teach classes, go work full-time, come back home, usually teach in the evenings. And it was one of those things where I felt God was like, okay, I'm calling on your heart for a different kind of ministry than what you thought you were supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I thought I was going to be a designer my whole life. And I was craving to like grow in this fashion industry and like, I don't know, Devil Wears Prada moment where you just like kind of envision yourself as that person when you're younger. But I left Fossil and I was the creative director at Studio Hop for a little bit. So it was actually a really beautiful step into where I am now because I was doing creative, but for a fitness startup. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, I'm getting a taste of what the movement and fitness industry is like. 
Um, I loved it so much. And that's when my my boss at the right house approached me while I was at studio hop and not at all trying to like take me away or steal me. She was just sharing like, Hey, I'm opening up a fitness studio. I would love to partner with you on it because I want you to design everything. Like she is such brains. And then I got to take the creative route and run with it. So class studio was born in 2017, but of course construction is the worst and <laughs> delayed us like eight months into 2018. So I left Studio Hop when I realized Class Studios was calling me in such a bigger way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been full-time with my studio ever since, yeah, that three and a half years. So I think I just wanted to make a note here. It's like I was putting myself into a box right after college that I had to be the designer that I worked for. Obviously, you go to college or you're in school or some sort of technical training around something. But like I was so nervous to leave graphic design because it's everything I knew and like everything I thought I had to be, but I would have never known like the fruit of what my life is now because I'm so happy where I am. And I took the leap of faith to be like, wow, the sweat culture and like the sweat life is totally for me. And now I get to design, do social media and lead my team and teach. And it is truly like, it's my dream job. So Uh, Well, and it's, I cannot like say, I was telling Paige this earlier, like anytime I see little snippets of her classes on social media or whatever, like literally one of the most inspiring and in like classes and speakers and motivators. So especially if you're in Dallas, like you need to go to one of her classes immediately. Um, But yes, I seriously, I think like what you've done with class and how you've shifted your career has just been so cool to watch. And this is something that, you know, you and I were talking about a little bit before, and I think is really important to acknowledge like what this last year has been, especially as an instructor and someone who does show up on social media and like trying to, what we're all trying to do always is remind people that like what you see on social media is not always, or very rarely the full picture, the full reality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we were kind of talking, I would love like if you could just give people a little insight into what this last year has looked like just in regards to owning a studio, how you've had to shift and then go online when like that wasn't part of the original. I'm sure that was like down the road plan, but not like, oh, like we need to be online tomorrow kind of plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how has that looked for you? How has that made you kind of grow in unexpected ways and things you've really learned in that process? Mm, that's such a good question. And I feel so much more like confident and at ease answering it now versus like six months ago when you're kind of still, not that we're not still in it, but like we were so in it that I felt like I couldn't even speak on like what's actually happened in my heart and in like the studio's, you know, DNA. But I mean, it was February, 2020 and everything was perfect. Like, I mean, our studios were thriving. We were about to, we were literally looking for a space to open a third studio because I, we now have two. And, um, it was just crazy how you think like when we first were hearing about this pandemic, like kind of like gossip, and then you see it on the news, you really never believed like what it was going to be. Like, I just didn't, I didn't really believe that it could be as bad as it got. And so February, honestly, especially monetarily was our strongest month we have ever had at Class Studios. And then March, boom, the third week of March, we were shut down because Governor Abbott said, you know, shelter in place. And 
again, when we saw the shelter in place and we were hearing about it, it was me, my co-owner Jasmine, and then two of our full-time staff members, Maggie and Bethany, were kind of like our leadership team. Mm-hmm. And I remember us sitting on the floor. We were like having lunch and we were just doing one of our meetings and we were like, okay, so shelter in place will last two weeks. So like <laughs> – close the studio for two weeks, then we'll open back up. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of like thinking through all these policies because again, we are our corporate. We are not this like huge entity with a bunch of locations where uh, HQ or corporate gets to like tell us how to handle a pandemic and being a small fitness studio. So all that to say, we took every single stride by storm and I could not have done it without my team because when things are that loaded and that heavy. You have Mm -hmm. to have people to process them with. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jasmine and I were joking that a year prior when it was just her and I like running the studios before we had Maggie and Bethany, like there's no way we would have survived. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not only did we shut down the studio, but in a matter of seven days, we had really nice cameras and sound equipment in all of our studios to start recording online equipment or online classes. We rented out all 50 bikes so that people could ride to their digital classes while they were in their homes. Like, crazy timing and like so much happened within those seven days because right when we closed we then didn't open for three and a half months Mm. um so june 1st we reopened but i honestly want to give a quick shout out to any fitness studios that are on the coasts or are not weren't as lucky as us because dallas and texas in general we got to open up at a low capacity pretty quickly after Mm -hmm. and it just was so heartbreaking that jasmine and i have so many friends around the country that own studios and they just didn't make it and Mm -hmm. i honestly felt like i had to like take a moment and like a moment of silence and like pray over those studio owners because i just know that we work really hard and it's not a glamorous life. Like it is because we get to like change people's lives and influence people's lives, but it's really hard work. And so I just saw a lot of those studios close. And so when we got to open up on June 1st and we technically now are in the clear and we're like on our, we're on the up and up, there's been so many like just really deep moments of like introspection for me. And then again, with my faith and just being like, thank you, God. And like, Mm -hmm. thank you to my community that supported us through that. Um, Because Jasmine and I joke, now we can joke, but it is the hardest thing that we will ever have walked through. I hope, I hope that was the hardest thing. Yeah. yeah, So it was a really hard year, but I think as anybody says anything about a challenge that you go through, it always makes you stronger on the other side and you learn a lot about yourself. So yeah. Well, and I think like what y'all have done too is so cool because it, the way that y'all were able to kind of survive and stay is like y'all adapted and you're like, okay, this totally. is going to be how it is for a while. And even if you had to stay longer, you know, sheltered in place, like we do in LA, like things are just now starting to be back to normal over here. I think that it's important as business owners in any industry to Mm -hmm. be able to pivot to be able to be flexible because like we all have a greater vision that's why a lot of us you know work for ourselves but if you can't be flexible about how you get there and how you create that vision and how you manage it then it is more likely that when something like that you know this happens and not that we can predict things like pandemics and hopefully to your point like that'll be the hardest thing that we deal with for a very 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 long time Um, but yeah, I think to really continue growing and changing is all about being able to adapt so that you can be better. And now y'all have like grown out this whole extra side of your business to where like, I could take a class with y'all like virtually, Mm -hmm. which wasn't originally an option back in February. I don't think, but you know, yeah. 
So it's really cool to see how it's benefited y'all's business for the better, even though to your point six months ago, had we asked that, it might have been like, no, this feels horrible. This is so stressful. But with all of that, I know you kind of said being, which I think is, again, this whole like parallel between social media and real life is like a lot of jobs that can seem super glamorous are not. You know, and I think that despite that, you still, when you show up to your classes, because that's what people are hoping for, you are really motivating, you are really Mm -hmm. inspiring, you are really encouraging, even if the season that you're personally walking through is really challenging. So how do you find that inspiration for each of your classes and like those messages and stuff so that each time you're kind of showing up for people, you really are bringing that energy, even when maybe you really don't feel that energy. Yeah, a hundred percent. We talk about it in our teacher and like instructor trainings all the time. It's like you, yes, teaching fitness is like so rewarding, but it's also somewhat of a performance. So like, even if you're having a really hard day and like anxiety is getting the best of you and fear and like stress and all these things, there is this moment where you have to check yourself before you put your microphone on. And it's not you being fake. It's just you tapping into like your strength and like knowing that people, especially if you have a full room of 50 people, like they're relying on you then to give and receive that amazing energetic connection and exchange that we get to have. So the biggest thing for me, and I, I think that this would be so cool, just asking fitness instructors all over the country, like what motivates you and what, what, like, what do you use to then show up? And like, what is your like means of inspiration and encouragement? And mine, like hands down is my faith, you know, like my, my community, my church, my pastors, the way that they speak life into me, I then get to speak life into my clients. And, um, It's just interesting because I know my clients in front of me, though, are a melting pot. I'm not saying that everyone has to believe the same thing. I just get so much of my encouragement from, like, my self-study and my community groups and the way that, like – I just think that the the language of my church and my community is really special because it's not like the language of the world. Like we just like, we're not tolerating gossip and we're really trying to build each other up. And I think that there's like this lost sense of just like speaking true life into people mm-hmm. um, and seeing them exactly as they are and not trying to change them. And so I think one of the biggest things that over the past, I've been teaching now for like six and a half years, but just now in the past like couple years, I have now been so confident in showing up messy and like showing up um, hurt and broken and like allowing that to be part of my language versus earlier in my career, I wanted it to like put the bow on it and I didn't want people to see my faults because I wanted to be that strong instructor for them. But man, when you start walking through a lot of life, like Mm -hmm. in 2020, not only did the studios close, but my husband and I, we lost his mom. Um, And It was just like such a dark moment for our hearts, but like Mm -hmm. how much more open I could be on the mic and how much more vulnerable was just inviting other people to then share their stories or, Mm -hmm. you know, things that they were walking through. Um, And then, I mean, outside of like my faith in the culture of my church, I just like music does Mm -hmm. a huge thing to my heart. Like I tell everyone I was a DJ in my past life, um, (laughs) you know, the way that music can make you feel and like. I don't know. I have the best friends around me. My husband is always just like my biggest cheerleader. And so I feel like I've just set up my life to inevitably push me forward so I can push my clients forward. Um, I just really surround myself with really like rock star people like you. Um, 
and I'm a firm believer that iron sharpens iron. So I kind of like keep that as my, my main source of, of life around me. Yeah. I think that that's like a really important thing to remember is like what you surround yourself with people and messaging and all of this kind of stuff is going to influence how you show up. And if you're surrounded with people to your point who are kind of gossipy or negative or who are just like always finding the downside of things or whatever, like that's going Mm -hmm. to like breed into your life, even if you weren't originally that type of person. So if you can surround yourself with people that are trying to push themselves to, that are always trying to grow, that are always trying to be the best version of themselves, you inherently are going to want to be that person too. And then I think that that just becomes like a really great ripple effect. And I think it's really important to remember that like you have the power to select the community in which you lean on and which breeds life into you. So be intentional about those people, be smart about those people because they can be very life giving or they can be really life draining. And it's important to like understand the impact that that has on your life. And I feel like for you, for someone who's so busy, who's wearing a ton of hats, like how do you feel like you really manage that pressure to, I'll say it in quotes for people listening, like to do it all. Like, I think that there's this pressure on a lot of us, but women, you know, in all of these different ways, like wear all these hats and do it all and be this person. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. really sort of manage that for yourself, maybe mentally or like physically? I think one thing that's interesting on this topic that actually my marriage has checked me on was how selfish I am. Um, And I think before I was married and I was living alone, I would work every minute of the day and like, I, but I actually love it. So I'm an Enneagram three and it's like the performer motivator and like honestly work and downside those success and like being known is like what fuels me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that when Scott and I got married and moved into each other into this house and he was like, Oh my gosh, you work all the time. Like it was so healthy for him to be open enough to be like, let's create some boundaries just so that like, I still get to know you and get to like, mm-hmm. we get to have time together. Um, because the doing it all quote unquote, I feel like it is such an unrealistic, like, um, standard to hold ourselves to yet we're always going to strive because especially if we're women like you and I are like we want to do as much as we can and I was talking to one of my good friends about this last year that the word capacity kept coming up in like Mm -hmm. my thoughts and my prayer time and like just when I internalize I feel like I was given a great capacity and I don't mean to say that in like a braggy way or like I just know that like especially when I talk to God, like he's like, hey, I have a lot laid on your life and I wouldn't have given it to you if you couldn't carry it. And so when I think about my great capacity and like what I have to offer, I don't want to sell myself short, but I also don't want to overdo it and burn myself out. And so it's constantly like this ebb and flow of finding what a balance. We love the, yeah. we love to say that we are striving for balance. That's kind of a joke. I don't think we'll ever currently like yeah. be balanced. Yeah. Um, but I think where I'm going with this is just, I'm really passionate about what I do and I love it. And so I'm kind of okay with being on the edge of doing it all because I'm just so in love with it. Yeah. Now, if I was doing a job where I didn't feel like I was serving others and loving on others, like I was like, why am I doing it all? Like, why do why am I putting that pressure on myself? Um, but not only marriage, but friendships and like creating boundaries at work. And as I've been 
getting older and allowing people to come under me in the business and don't feel like I literally have to do it all for the studio to survive. It's just been this like really beautiful journey in um, delegation, which is hard. Um, And just kind of like really prioritizing my schedule and calendar to allow for me time and time to travel and, you know, the things that kind of the Sabbaths that we need to, to restore. So, um, that was kind of like a windy answer to your question, but good. Well, and that, I, that was kind of like leads really casually or naturally into like the, my follow-up question is like, for someone who is, it's so interesting. I'm an Enneagram three as well, but I tend to create pretty strong boundaries around work. Um, I still work a shit ton, but like, you know, it is. And I think, you know, we're both very lucky. We love our jobs. We love what we do. So like getting up early, staying up late, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Like it might for other Mm -hmm. people, but I've learned, um, I don't know why I, I just have always found it slightly easier to, um, create that boundary but I would love to know since you said like within this process you've had to learn to prioritize yourself and the things that refuel you Mm -hmm. how do you like what are those things like how do you make sure that you're prioritizing your mental health and even your physical health like giving yourself rest and that type of stuff like what is that what does that recharge look like and how do you protect that space I don't know what it was about me but a couple years ago like, I guess I was just riding this like young, naive high, but like, I really, I didn't, I'm doing quotes for yeah. those. Listening. I didn't think I need any of that. Like I was talking to my pastors a couple years ago and they were like, oh, you work every single day and you never take one day off. And I was like, no, I work every single day at that time in my life I did. Um, and they were like, like, please like take a Sunday or take a whatever day of the week it is to, to be your day off. And I've worked really hard to then now I have Sundays and Mondays off from the studio physically. So my physical body is gaining rest. Mm -hmm. But it was so interesting that about two years ago when I was saying all those things and like riding my mighty horse of like, I am invincible, Mm -hmm. um, my cervical spine had so much inflammation that I couldn't turn my head left and right. I couldn't drive a car. I couldn't teach. Like I literally thought that I had popped some sort of nerve or vertebrae and like there was this horrible issue. Mm -hmm. And so I think that as I was walking through that, I obviously wasn't teaching for about six to eight weeks. I was going to the Carroll Clinic, which is like the best spinal doctors in Dallas. And he literally sat me down like he's 65. He's seen it all. And he was like, you are putting so much stress on your body that if you don't stop, you're going to lose your mobility. And I just was bawling because I was like, oh wait, I'm not invincible. Like I'm not. And it took me a lot because when you're teaching anywhere from 10 to 14 to 16 physical classes a week, like your body is in such high stress. And so it was a big evaluating moment of I I left one of my studios behind that I loved um, and I really started just focusing on class, but not even just the teaching element, but also like I preach to my clients all the time about showing up for themselves in softer ways. Like, why am I not doing that for myself? And so I think the most beautiful part of this journey for me and like what restoration looks like is um, I started therapy two years ago to really start to address like past wounds that I felt like were also coming up physically. Like, you know, when you're holding stress physically, it has so much to do with your mental stress as well. So it's like, okay, if all this inflammation is in my cervical spine, like why? And of course, it's because I overworked physically. But as I started breaking down a lot of blockages from 
really, really like rough things that I, that I went through growing up with my parents and my sisters and our family life. I just, I just started talking to somebody about it. And I always told my friends before those two years ago that I was, I never needed counseling yeah. and that I was fine. Yeah. Um, that's a joke. Everyone needs counseling, even 100%. if you don't believe that you do. 100%. Um, and so started going to my counselor who I am obsessed with and I still see her to this day. Mm. Um, when Scott and I were just dating, I invited him to come to some of my sessions and got to like, because it's really hard to tell your partner about really hard things in your past without that middleman who's like so educated and well-spoken on how to like help you get those out. And I think just overall, both mentally, physically, I just started to feel this opening and like Mm -hmm. this, again, remember how I just talked about earlier, how I I show up messy to my clients and Mm -hmm. they almost receive it better than when I was this like put together page. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just been really beautiful because again, talking about my community, they are so many of the people that encouraged me to either talk to somebody or take a day off and like do things that fill up my cup before um, I'm trying to like over pour to my clients with no, no liquid in my cup at all. So yeah. yeah, So um, a lot of things, but um, counseling time with my husband, time at home. um, I think the biggest thing for me too, just that I'm working through in this season is like deviceless time because Mm -hmm. it's, I still have my phone around when I'm like with people because I run social media accounts for many businesses. And so Mm -hmm. um, Friday nights, I always just put my phone up literally at five or six and I don't touch it till Saturday morning. So it's, it's been good. Good. Well, and I think like even that short little break can be so recharging and just like, I don't have to be on, I don't have to be responding. I don't have to be thinking about it. I don't have to be checking. And I do feel like that is something that people really would benefit a lot from doing more often. And then I also really love your point about, I think a lot of people can feel like they can do it all. They can do everything we're, you know, we, and we have, we live in this age where so much um, is built around convenience, but there is a point in which like your body and your mind will say like, this is too much. This is enough. And I think that like with your body doing that and you listening and realizing like, whoa, like, I feel like I'm, I can be doing all these things, but my body is literally telling me like something ain't right, sister. Like there's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, and that's the thing. It's like crazy. Like, and that's something I work with clients on. And I talk about, it's like, you can do all this stuff. Like you can be trying to like diet. You can be trying to overwork out. You can be doing, and at some point your body will stop you. Like it will tell you this is enough. I am no longer like going to do this. And I think that that's something that people really underestimate how smart their bodies are. And then when their body's trying to give them little cues, they brush it off or whatever. So I think it's really good. And obviously you have come out the other side of that. We're always working, right? You're, we'll always be working, but being able to come through that and see how much more fruitful your life is now that you're giving yourself rest, that you've worked through some of those like darker moments that you've allowed yourself to face them and still persevere through them, I think has allowed you to only grow. And that was kind of, it echoes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, even through the pandemic, like going through really hard things, if you can have the support system and the way of like looking at it with like, as hopeful as possible, then you can typically change or take some of those really hard things and allow them to make you stronger and allow them to help you grow, which I think is really hard, but super important. Yeah. 
Um, I know that this is something that I, you know, have struggled with a lot, which is like where a lot of like my business is rooted in and whatnot. But I would love to know for you personally, maybe like, how do you navigate the pressure to look a certain way, especially as you're up there in front of people, again, not only motivating them mentally, but maybe some of them are feeling like you're their motivation physically. So how do you feel like that pressure to look a certain way as a trainer and as a motivator? Like, how do you navigate that? Is that something that you've struggled with? Is that something that you feel, you know, is part of kind of like your walk and your process? It's so interesting because in the fitness industry, I think that out of like every single handful of men and women, almost all would say that body image is something that they've always maybe not full on struggled with, but really had a hard time with and just kind of think about often because, okay, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm in a sports bra and biker shorts. And that's that's all I see every single day is like, what's, what's looking back at me and my reflection. And I think one of the biggest things that social media does, of course, is comparison is the thief of joy and it's going to try to steal that. But then the toxic comparison that I have with what I used to look like, like I think that me, um, I think one of the biggest things for me is that like in high school and college, I was an athlete, but I was just like so much smaller and um, given I was younger. And I think that now as an adult, I still go through seasons and I'm like, man, I wish my body looked like it did pre-COVID or this and that. And it's just like, man, it is such a testament to like the inner workings and the work that we put in to know that like we are exactly where we're supposed to be and we look exactly like we're supposed to be. And just like owning the fact that whether you gained weight or didn't or fluctuated during the season of shelter in place, like I have just decided that like I will continue to work on myself, especially my physical vessel, because like that's what I do in this industry. But I have got to stop holding myself to those like unrealistic standards because my clients are going to appreciate it so much more if I eat the things that I love and I go out for wine nights. And like, I just honestly am so grateful that I can say that I've never dealt with an eating disorder. Um, They have been so close around me and like my sisters and my best friends. And I've seen how much that that basically the monsters in their heads have broken them down. And like, I lived with my sister while she was recovering and it was, it was, it was kind of hard because when she was recovering, I could see myself picking up those tendencies because Mm. she literally shared the kitchen. Mm. Um, But the fact that I have made it through, I thank God every day, the fact that I've made it through and in this industry, as long as I have without really falling into like a toxic uh, routine. I think all that to say, I feel strong. I know that I'm strong and I'm proud of my body, but there, there are absolutely times where I look at the recordings or physical like pictures that people take of me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, Mm. that's like, you know, it's hard to, to see those imperfections, but, um, man, like when you see that, how do you feel like, what do you do in that moment to protect yourself, to make sure that it doesn't go down that spiral? Cause I think a lot of people can relate. So for you as someone who has like really worked hard to not let yourself fall down that path, like Mm -hmm. how do you feel like you, what does that like mental resilience look like for you in that moment to help keep you checked? I think in that exact moment, I 
know how much my body has carried me through and I just have to thank it. Like I just, sometimes I even like separate my psyche from like my, my body. And I just think about like body, you have carried me through 28 years of some of the hardest shit in the world. Like I used to pound my body in college athletics and never let it rest. And like, it's still working for me and my lungs are still, and my heart is still pumping. Um, so I just really have to think about longevity now, like maybe in this nitpicking, like young twenties mindset that I was in back then, I was never thinking about like, I see 65 year olds come to my classes now Mm. and they kill it and quote unquote kill it can look like different things, but they are fully present and whether they're doing all of the movements and all of the burpees and jumping jacks, or they're just marking it and they're step touching. Like I just want to be that. And I want to have that joy in my physical body until I'm older. And I just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a it is a constant struggle based on when we see people that I really look up to in the fitness industry, whether they look a certain way or this or that. But I just love where our culture and community is going. Really, though, allowing for more shapes and sizes and more like just the fitness industry in general is opening up and it's feeling really good. Yeah. Like I'm seeing so many more people that look so many different ways on a microphone, on a podium. Um, and so I just, it's so much better than it used to be. It is. It is. I think that representation is so important because I think to your point, even like what you're saying earlier, it's like, what we're all trying to create is like a sustainable life. And yeah. if you were to say, I have to look a certain way and therefore like, I have to sacrifice all of this stuff so that like my life isn't enjoyable, but I'm looking a certain way to be motivating. It's like, your clients and your friends and the people in your life would rather you like had the glass of wine and didn't, you know, sacrifice it for like the final handful of pounds that you think is worth it. And I really feel like being able to the biggest shift that I think anybody can make that you are doing is having that like gratitude for your body for something outside of its physical appearance. Like the last year for so many people for pretty much everyone has been really rough. And I think that, it's important to say like, okay, body, like you kept me alive, like through a pandemic. So who cares if it's X amount of pounds heavier or not as much muscle mass, you know, and being able to have that conversation with ourselves that is not typically the first thought that happens to us. The first thought is usually judgment. The first thought is usually closer to shame or comparison or whatever, but being able to have that mental resilience and I think kind of like you were mentioning earlier like social media can be a really strong place for that so how do you feel like you navigate that pressure as an instructor as a female as like any of that does it look different in how you kind of manage that for yourself how do you make sure as somebody who like legitimately has to be on social media and paying attention to trends and paying attention to like what people are doing how do you continue to make that a safe space for yourself because you do have to be on it yeah, I am so jealous of friends every now and again that they're like on a, on a social media cleanse, see you in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I can't, no, I pay the bills by doing this. And I don't mean to say I just pay the bills. Like I truly love it. And I love yeah. engaging with, whether it's on my personal page or a class studios, Instagram, like I love, I really do love social media and I think it's powerful, yeah. but I'm not, 
um, naive and turning my head away to the fact that it can be so toxic. Um, I think I caught Instagram. I think we both did, Cami, kind of like on the up and up, like the Mm -hmm. six, seven years ago when you and I were kind of like meeting and doing, remember those like hangouts that like the, yeah, just like all this fun, like Dallas women's events um, was like kind of when Instagram was first really getting its start. And I remember that as those years went on and my Instagram community grew and I started following more and more people, I had to take some time over the past few years every once in a while and do those unfollows. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that like I unfollowed somebody because I looked at their content and X, Y, and Z. I just have known and have created boundaries with I have to leave that app not feeling like my life, like I have to still feel the joy that I feel outside. And I think I've been listening to a few podcasts on just the subconscious nature of how much we click onto Instagram or whatever Mm -hmm. social media app you use. And then you walk away feeling less than because you see somebody else who has so much more money or so much more time to spend on their body or this or that, or like whatever it is Mm -hmm. that we're always going to like leave those spaces feeling more depleted. And that's Mm -hmm. why I was like, okay, there is no time for that in my life. Um, And so I just really am protective over what content I take in. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's like a biggest encouragement I can share with anyone, especially in the fitness industry. Like I follow the most like beautiful, strong women and I look up to them. But if I am leaving their page feeling less than that is just not something that's Mm -hmm. sustainable and healthy. And so I just really admire the women that, yeah, can look kick ass and like have a a really toned or strong body, but also just share amazing messages and like are super encouraging and really focus their content away. Like, yes, it's their workouts or this Mm -hmm. or that, but then they're also preaching about authenticity and beauty within and culture and community. So I don't know. I think it's just, it really boils down to like, how much are you willing to take in and let it affect your life? Like that's just so, it's so important. No, I totally agree. I think it's, you know, for a lot of people, I think social media is like an amazing thing because it helps you feel so connected and it can also be a really dangerous thing. And so I do think that it's important to follow people that inspire you, but also be just aware of where you're at in each season. And if you are feeling depleted, can you lessen the amount of time that you're on it? Can you change the types of people that you're following? And anything that you can do to just ensure that this platform continues, like you said, to just like give you life and make you appreciate where you're at versus like take away from where you're at. And I guess that's so, so important. Um, I know you've talked like a lot about your faith and stuff and maybe this ties Mm -hmm. into like kind of next question, but how do you feel, you know, like I'm always, I love like, the word worthy and feeling worthy and like pursuing worthiness and stuff for you. Like how do you determine kind of like your worth, what keeps you feeling worthy and like confident within yourself and your messy seasons and your beautiful seasons and all those types of things. Where does that really look like for you? Again, this has been a journey because being someone who associates worth with, with success up here in my brain. It is such a tie that I've had to like broken, be have broken over the past few years because especially through like academics and being younger in high school and college, like my dad and I aren't that close, but it was like academia was like one of our biggest connectors. And he just like loved that I was intelligent and got like um, to be a part of those like extracurricular accelerated programs at school. And honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Like I'm making him proud. And that's okay to feel proud about your gifts and talents. But when it's then 
seeping into how you view yourself and your worth is like, I just, I was young and I I didn't have the self-awareness to know that that was really going to be toxic in the long run. Mm. And so, um, I don't know, again, I make the past few years sound like they were like such a roller coaster, but no. they really have been. Yeah. They've been the most telling years of my entire life from like yeah. 25 to 27. Um, I, I feel like I just started really preaching it in my classes about like the idea, for example, of like being out in third on your cycle bike and riding at 130 beats per minute. It's really hard to sustain. It's a very fast tempo. And I just like really started preaching in my head that when I knew that those runs were coming up, that if somebody didn't have it in them physically to make that that run happen, mm-hmm. their success wasn't going to, their worth wasn't going to be any more or less if they didn't like complete a certain thing in class. And I started really preaching like on modifications and like ways to make your body feel good and not to feel like you have to compare yourself in the room. And honestly, something about inner dialogue spoken out loud, mm-hmm. it just keeps right back in. I'm like, if I can speak this life, I'm going to believe it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know. I really, used to not be okay with not showing up at 100%. And then, like I said before, people just started loving me so well at where I was in those seasons of brokenness and not showing up at 100% that I was like, man, this is what life is about. It's not about pretending to be um, a more put together version of yourself. It's about being like so real and vulnerable and transparent um, because – I think I always think back to like the quote and the philosophy of your testimony is going to be a roadmap for somebody else. Like what you're walking through is then going to be something down the line that somebody uses to navigate a hardship or a challenge that they're walking through. So as much as I can share that I am super, not superhuman, but like I am super just a human. Yeah. yeah. um, yeah, That is, is kind of where I found myself in this season and it's, it feels really good to be, be there. No, I think that that's just so powerful and so important. And I feel like I admire like that process for you so much and like what you learned from it, because I do think that the reality is, is like, we are all human. We are all Mm -hmm. like struggling. We all have shit. And it's like, if you pretend like you don't, and like, even like you, like in that season where you were having all your spinal issues, it's like you were operating at a hundred percent, pushing yourself beyond what your body was really wanting not addressing it mentally, all of these things. And I wouldn't, I doubt that that season for you was 10 times more successful than this season is now where it's like, okay, maybe it looks different, but I'm happier physically. I'm happier mentally. And my marriage is great. I've worked through these things. And I think that like the only way that I feel like we really can do that is by acknowledging like our humanness and the fact Mm -hmm. that it's just like, I'm not meant to go at a hundred all the time. And yeah, I can't give that to people because it's just not real and allowing when you allow that for yourself, like you said, you then allow it to all of those clients in your room and a space for them where maybe in their own lives, they don't feel like they're allowed to show up at 90% or 60% or whatever until they're in that room with you. And it's like, you're going to push them, but you're also going to say like, you're allowed to show up, not a hundred percent and still be good enough. And I think that, it's really powerful the space that you create for those people and the opportunity that you give them to just show up because you're willing to show up that way too. And I think that's just 
So awesome. Um, do you have any advice for people who are wanting to get into the fitness or instructing space? Maybe, I don't know, not necessarily like studio owner, but somebody who's like, this sounds kind of like really cool. Maybe this is something that I'd be really good at or excited to try. Like what advice would you have for someone who's new in that space or maybe wanting to get into that space? I think first I'm going to speak to like the client side of things. Like if you're just like, man, group fitness has always been something that's like felt like a pull for me. Mm -hmm. I just would encourage them to find movement that makes their body feel good. So for example, like I had always been a group and team athlete and I knew being around people was like what I loved. So I just started trying all these different modalities and like trying to move my body in different ways and like hopped around studios. Um, But I found that cycle being an ex-dancer, it's like moving to the beat of the music with the lights down low. Like there was so much like spirituality in that room that I really found was like what I really needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So client facing, I would just say like, whether it's cycle, whether it's train, whether it's like hit workouts, Pilates, bar, yoga, like whatever it happens to be, finding something that's sustainable that you can be consistent in because you know, when you like go Okay, not saying that I'm not a CrossFitter because I love heavy weights, but when it's like it's that big of movement and like that heavy of weight, I just couldn't sustain it for a long period of time. So like why would I – I want to do something that I can really hold on to. And so that would be my encouragement to somebody just trying to get into that and then even past that leveling up, somebody that wants to instruct. Um, I think my biggest thing that I say, because we're actually holding cycle auditions for class studios this coming weekend, we do it like once a year to grow our team. But if somebody takes the podium to audition for us and we've never met them before, it feels like this disconnect of like, well, why would you want to lead in a space that you haven't been a part of? Mm -hmm. And I think that could work in maybe a soul cycle or berries or one of those like larger fitness entities. But when it's a smaller studio, and you want to teach or you want to be a part of their team, be a part of their community first, because it just is going to speak so much louder to you investing your own time as a client or a writer or a whoever, whatever type of client you are. It's like you love the community, which is why you then want to teach and pour out there. Um, if that makes sense, yeah. like kind of just like really diving into where you think you want to instruct, getting to know the owners and the team. And it's just such a fluid and natural next step for we see like for our clients who become instructors because you see the energy and the light and the love that they give to even just their like teammates and classmates. It's Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't they put a mic on and then share that with the room? So I think the fitness industry looks scary from the outside. It looks like, again, like you have to look a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way. But if you find the right studio, you're not going to have to be somebody that you're not. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that that's so powerful. And I think the community that you've created through class is just absolutely amazing. So is there anything else that you're like working on that you're excited about or that's coming up for you personally or coming up for class that you're just like super jazzed about besides like the world just coming back slightly more to Yeah, like, I was going to you know? say by mid-May or even like mid-June, somewhere in there, we're going to be back to 100% capacity, which is absolutely mind-blowing because mm-hmm. I kind of think I forgot what that felt like to like have yeah. that many humans in the room. But with vaccinations, just processing like crazy through Texas, it's exciting and I'm hopeful. And it almost feels like this big heart opening to like, I actually don't want the world and like my life to go exactly back to where it was before, but I'm excited to see like what a new 
what a new normal quote unquote looks like. Um, But then I also love to also kind of separate myself from my studio and not find my full identity in there. And so like personally, I have a wedding in two months that's coming up. Um, So my husband and I got married in private in our home with our pastors last January, which crazy. We didn't even know there was a pandemic on the horizon. Um, So we've gotten to be married for a year and a half, but we've never gotten to like wear a suit and a wedding dress and like Mm. be with our people. So I'm just grateful that um, I get to like celebrate. That's July 18th. Um, And then there's just a lot this summer. I think there's this like newness, like I said, with that energy of people being whether vaccinated or not, but just like healthy and the pandemic is going away. Um, My grandmother turns 100 years old in three weeks. And she, so my name is Paige Forrest and her name is Forrest Irene. And so she is who I am named after. And I just look at her every day and I'm like, she's the most amazing person I know in the entire world. And the way that she has loved our family and stewarded our family, it's like the like I want to be her. And she turns 100 years old in a couple of weeks. So I'm flying up to Kansas to celebrate her. And I think that's just so, so cool to have somebody like that in your life that you can look up to. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I know mm-hmm. all your pictures that you share of her are just darling. She's, She's so cute. So cute. I can't get She's over She's on her. Instagram. I mean like grandma. Grandma. She's like, I'm adapting. I grant that I'm pivoting. and adapting if I ever did see it. Oh, right. My gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think there's honestly so many good things to look forward to. And so I'm just open arms, open heart, just ready for it all. Uh, well, I'm so excited for you and class and your wedding and all of those amazing things coming for you. And I just appreciate you kind of sharing your journey today and your encouragement and your inspiration. I know that it's going to make a difference for somebody and all of your classes and everything. So I just really appreciate you being here and I'm excited to share the episode. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks, Paige. Of course. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast interview, and if you are enjoying the podcast and loving these interviews, please go ahead and rate and review the Worth More podcast wherever you listen. I am always happy to hear y'all's thoughts, suggestions, feedback, so make sure you reach out to me on social media or through my website. I would love to hear you, and I hope you have an amazing day.